Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan men's basketball team prepares for the Big Ten tournament after a huge win to close the regular season. Juwan Howard is back to guide the team. The women's squad was one and done in Indy. What does it mean for the Wolverines in the NCAA tournament? We discuss that, plus hockey and some NFL draft combine talk coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to be talking with you here late Monday afternoon, March 7th, probably Tuesday is when you guys are, are listeners are going to be hearing this. But yeah, we, as, as is always this time of year, it's busy time, it's championship time. Let's start with the Michigan men's basketball team. They won Sunday at Ohio State. Phil Martelli doesn't like to talk about must-win games. As far as must-win games go, you either say there are there are none until you're in true one-and-done you know, elimination scenario, or you acknowledge that Sunday was a must-win game because it, it was just huge for, for Michigan's resume. We've talked a lot about getting to four games over 500. That's what this game did for Michigan. And of course, you know, if a game isn't a win, it's a loss, unless I guess it's not played, which happens these days. But, you know, otherwise Michigan would have been 16 and 14, only two games over. And that would have put a real, that would have made Indianapolis and the Big Ten tournament very difficult for Michigan. So instead they can, they can get a split, still hit that sort of threshold and you know feel feel good about getting into the field not great but you know they're sweating on on selection sunday no matter what unless they go and win this thing this week but they're in they're in much better position after what they did impressive impressive game to go on the road and win without hunter dickinson yeah i thought when when ohio state went on a little bit of a run in in the first half and Mm -hmm. took that lead in halftime like oh this is this is it this is the big 10 tournament's starting to decide michigan's fate and uh, i i thought they were done but it really impressive Second half from the Wolverines, really strong performance from Devontae Jones. And yeah, it looks like, at least it looks like Michigan punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament with that monster victory. Yeah, we were just talking last week about the home and road splits and how they struggle on the road. And sure enough, they go into, was it Value City Arena, whatever they call it there in Columbus, mm-hmm. and get an impressive win. I mean, it was after Hunter Dickinson was ruled out pregame, I don't know. I, I think there are a lot of folks there sweating. You know, I don't think a lot of folks thought Michigan was going to stand a chance. And then you mentioned it, Ryan, they kind of, Ohio State goes on that late first half run to kind of open things up a little bit. And then you, you think coming out of the gate in the second, okay, Ohio State's probably going to run, run away with this thing. And it was it was just the opposite. They they came out and made the, made the appropriate adjustments. I thought Phil Martelli did a wonderful job trying to slow Ohio State down defensively, force them to do some different things. And yeah, Michigan looked like a completely different team in the second half. And they got to win that like you said, Andrew, they absolutely needed to have. Yeah. Um, I mean, to, to do without Dickinson, I mean, I'll just, I'll just be honest. You can say what you want after the game about, oh, you know, well, it allowed them to kind of exploit Ohio State's kind of slow plotting big men with some ball screen stuff. And they're a little more athletic and, and getting steals and things like that. Fine. You take away Eli Brooks or Hunter Dickinson from this team. And I just don't think they were going to win like any games against against good teams. But they they just did. Uh, it was so that that was very impressive. Devontae Jones really starting to you know come on here late as as Michigan's point guard. He's he just took longer than Mike Smith did last year, and I think that's like a knock is how well Mike Smith played. Unfortunately, kind of skewed you know perception of what of what you know a grad transfer point guard could be in this program. But I mean, he said it himself: the game is starting to slow down for him, picking his spots, shooting with confidence when teams force him to do that. You know, he's at just a shade under thirty five percent from three for the season. That's perfectly fine. That that floater package he's got and, and the passing he had set. Sunday were were very impressive and, and key to the win. So yeah, this is I mean they listen, they won with with Caleb Houston going 0 for 10 from the field. So like in 32 that, minutes, zero points. Like that, that's insane. He, he he was he was out there. Right. He he they 
they he played his major minutes um like that didn't change but yeah this was just a huge huge win for michigan put them in play for a seven seed Rutgers held on for one point victory over penn state and, and michigan state beat maryland uh, they needed one of those two teams to lose to get the seven um instead they'll be the eight it, it looked like it was going to set up they'll play they'll play indiana uh thursday 11 30 a.m so early early slot on the top of the bracket so they feed into the number one seed which sure looked like it was going to be wisconsin until they go and lose at home to nebraska so you lose that storyline of Jawan coming back and and coaching against potentially you know in the second game wisconsin and greg guard instead the only way they'd meet is in the championships and now they draw potentially Illinois with that second game. Um, and that's, that's tough. Uh, it's just a tough matchup for them. Kofi Coburn and, and those, all those shooters, you know, Michigan's already lost twice to them uh, as we've, as I've written about several years now in a row, it seems with Michigan playing a team three times in a row in the, in the big 10 tournament, it's not hard to beat a team three times. So we'll see how that goes, but Michigan has to get by Indiana first. And last thing on the men, Jawan Howard will be back. He was reinstated today on Monday as first reported by M live. So yeah, I mean, that was not a foregone conclusion. Like, he needed to do some things clearly to to be reinstated, but he was. It's an off day for the team today. No practice, but uh, he's having individual player meetings, I was told, um, and they'll get back to it tomorrow to start uh, preparing for the Big Ten tournament. It is the assumption that if Michigan wins their Big Ten opener against Indiana, they're in the tournament? I mean, is that a strong assumption to make at this point, you think? They'd be sweating a lot less for sure. You know, they'd avoid, like, no matter what, it's not a bad loss on a neutral Florida, Indiana, but you know, it would be, uh, I'd have to look to see exactly what quad that would fall into probably two, but okay. So you, you avoid that, you get another win and then, and then, yeah, then you can have a, a very you know, respectable loss potential, you know, to, to Illinois. Yeah, that would be, that would be good. Cause they seem to be like in right now, but it's not like a consensus and it's like te- they're, they're in that last four in, you know, or the, the last four in the, in the six, you know, the, the 64 team field or, you know, one of the playing games, like they're still right there on the bubble, you know, with a group of 12, 15 teams, whatever it is. So I'll be exploring this a little more the ne- over the next couple of days at mlive.com. But yeah, there's uh, it, you'll, you'll feel better about it. But I'm like, no matter what they do, they're they're still a they're still a bubble team. Any of the, it's always a funny thing when fans to me, oh, that win does it, or they're in, or like you, it's you just can't you you gotta you gotta just trust or at least lean on the people that are looking at all the teams around the country. Can't just be like, oh, Michigan's a tournament team to me. And it's like, really? Did you compare them to, to you know, all these other teams all over the country? Like you probably didn't. So yeah, we'll, we'll see. But I, yes, I would say, you know, they're, they're at the four games over. They have a lot of good wins now that they're, that they're in good shape to, to get a bid. The women, you know, we, we, we talked about this last podcast, like they did not fare, do not fare well in the big 10 tournament that did not change this year. They go and lose their very first game, get upset by number six seed Nebraska. Not good. Not good if you're if you're Tim Barnes or Rico and the Wolverines. Nebraska must have them scouted very well. It's <laughs> yeah, like, it's, that's two games though. Right. It's just a tough matchup, I guess. They they shoot a lot of threes. Um, and you know, that was certainly the case in, in this game. But you know, they sl- they slowed Michigan offensively as well, got them out of rhythm. And, you know, Michigan just just completely failed in their execution late um you know some inbounds plays and some shot selection it was just it was just poor and i mean again it's we said it's not the stakes were low like you wanted redemption for what how the regular season ended you know you wanted to build some momentum going into the ncaa tournament instead they won't have any of that i mean that's the downside because their seed isn't going to drop so far that it should really affect them too much they should they'll still be hosting a game but like 
they just they just they're not playing well. This is the time of year you want to be playing your best, and Michigan in some ways is looking their worst. But they have time to regroup. You know, it's this whole week off now with uh, Selection Sunday coming up in in six days here. So we'll we'll see where they end up. Uh, you know, getting placed. But I'm still I'm still seeing them as uh, you know, a two or a three seed, and, and you know, the top four seeds get to host. But um, you know, on on ESPN, for example, you know, the latest bracket that they had, he had he did have Michigan as a three, but you know, hope. Again, hosting with you know some of the six seeds I'm seeing are are kind of teams like Nebraska as far as their resume. Um, you know, North Carolina I think is a team he had Michigan with, but you know Ohio State is another Nebraska, Mississippi, you know teams like that. So you know you're the three seed, you expect to win your first game, but that second game is is, is kind of closer to a toss up. But getting to play at home, um, which certainly helps. I feel like this is like the exact same replica as was last season. I know the the, the team struggled down the the stretch lost early in the big 10 tournament. And I remember Tim Barnes Rico saying like, yeah, like our shooting's been horrendous. Like we got to figure the things out. And then sure enough, it'd be, they have a little bit of a break get into the NCAA tournament and go on a run all the way to the sweet 16. So too. So it's definitely doable to, to regroup here, but yeah, I mean, losing as much, as much as they have down the stretch is definitely not how you want to enter postseason play. Yeah. I mean, uh, like you said, it only, it only takes two wins and you're in the sweet 16. Like you don't need to get, uh, start rattling off, you know, uh, like they've, they've done that all year. I mean, this, this is now just a rare, a rare losing streak. It's only the, the second one of the season. I mean, they've only had, you know, this, this is only their sixth loss of all year. So they just need to, they need to, yeah, recapture, you know, some of that, that mojo that they had early in the season and yeah, shooting, shooting would help. They've, you know, they've found ways to win when they haven't shot particularly well from outside, but you, know, you certainly make it, make it easier on yourself. If, if, you know, you don't go three for 12, like they did against Nebraska. So yeah, something, something to watch for. Uh, the most surprising thing to me though, I mean, obviously you, you were watching the game. I was in the press box of the U of M hockey game. So mm-hmm. I wasn't able to watch, but seeing Nas Hillman go five of 14 from the field or from the floor, like that just doesn't, that's, that's low for her. I mean, typically she's, she's over 50% and anytime she's under that, it's kind of an off game. Did, did Nebraska do anything specifically on her to contain her at all, or just one of those nights? It just seemed like one of those nights. I mean, she got to the foul line, you know, a, a decent amount. So in the end still had, you know, a, kind of typical stat line 18 points 12 rebounds but yeah the you know 14 shots to get there isn't uh isn't the norm so yeah she you know looked looked a little frustrated at times and um you know certainly didn't get get enough help Layla Philia had a big game but you know that was that was kind of that was kind of it for Michigan so yeah a lot plenty of time to regroup yeah they've got some things to to figure out before the NCAA tournament let's talk let's talk hockey uh last we left off their postseason was was underway how did it how did things go this weekend for Wolverine? Yeah, I mean, it could, couldn't have really gone much better for, for Michigan, who continues to dominate Michigan State this year. Uh, won four to one Friday, eight to nothing on Saturday to, to sweep the best of three quarterfinal series. And it, it's kind of sad just how much of a talent gap there is between these two programs at, at this point. I mean, Michigan State has really struggled over the past decade. And, and yeah, you could definitely see Michigan's talent just is so much more. Michigan State's just so much more inferior in, in that regard. And I, I thought Michigan State came out strong on Friday night, had stored early on the power play and and played a lot better defensively. It compared to the previous meetings between the two teams. And then they take a couple dumb penalties. Michigan ties it on the power play and they get going after that and kind of controlled most of the last two periods. And then on Saturday, Michigan scores on four of their first five shots, four goals in the first 11 minutes. And I mean, it's, it's Michigan state never really recovered from that. Michigan dominated throughout, <laughs> continued to, to store, got up to eight goals in the first two periods. And I mean, the third period just was 
pretty much irrelevant, just kind of draining up the clock to, to head into the semifinal weekend. But yeah, it was the biggest surprise to me on Friday, on Saturday was Michigan stores eight goals and two of their Olympians, including the Big Ten scoring champion, Matty Beneers, didn't have one point. So that just kind of shows how, how much depth that this team has. Um, but again, the, the real true test is going to come now that they get into this semifinal matchup. Another matchup against Notre Dame. Obviously, they've struggled against the Irish all year, uh, just lost, were swept to end the regular season a couple of weeks ago, 0-4 against them this season. So that's going to be a, another tough challenge for Michigan. And then if they win that, they'll probably face Minnesota and the championship on the road. So it's it's now single elimination from here on out in the Big Ten tournament and then in the NCAA tournament. So it's definitely crunch time. Do they need to have they already locked up a one seed in the NCAA tournament? regardless of what happened. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not guaranteed, but at this point they're, they're a number two seed in the pairwise rankings. I, I would guess that a lot of the, the teams right behind them would have to win their conferences to have a chance at moving up. But right now it's looking re- really strong that they're going to be, be one of those number one seeds. Which isn't a huge deal in the hockey tournament anyway, is it? You can kind of mix these teams up. And I mean, that uh... for the most part, yeah. I mean, so I actually went back and looked at the last decade. I mean, mm-hmm. a number one seed has played in the championship game every year, except for one or two tournaments over that time. Now, last year, they were all, all number one seeds were eliminated in the first two rounds. So there was none that made it to the frozen four. But typically, there's been at least two reach it to the to the frozen four here. Um, over the past decade or so. So it definitely helps, especially in that first game, if you can get one of these uh, teams that, that that did an automatic qualifying bid from like the one of the conferences that, that doesn't have anyone in the top 16 in the pairwise. So if they can get the number one overall seed, you, you really like their chances. But yeah, in, in a one-game setting, in hockey, it's it's you're not guaranteed anything. They could definitely get upset, easy, not easily, but it's definitely a possibility. All right, so we've touched on basketball, we've touched on hockey. Aaron, you're now back from Indianapolis uh, just a few days before I'll head out there. Yeah, what is uh, what what is what happened since the last time we talked to you um, at the NFL Draft Combine? Yeah, so we spoke Friday and Saturday. I guess was the big field day for uh, Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo and, and the, kind of the defensive end, defensive lineman types. Hutchinson fared pretty well. You know, he, he's his forty time wasn't the fastest. He ran four point seven four seconds. It ranked him just eleventh, uh, I think, among the eighteen defensive ends who ran that day. But some of the other numbers are very very good, on borderline exceptional. His ten yard split on the 40-yard dash was an unofficial 1.62, which was right up with um, Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau, who ran the uh, the 40 in 4.58 seconds. So he beat Hutchinson by a significant amount, but their split was their 10-yard split was exactly the same. Uh, Hutchinson did very well in the three-cone drill, ran at 6.73 seconds, 20-yard shuttle, he ran that in 4.1 seconds. Both were... Um, I think the top for edge rushers. In fact, his three-cone drill was best among all edge rushers, and it was third best among everyone at the Combine this this year. So by and large, he fared exceptionally well. It, it, let, let's put it this way. It didn't do anything to hurt his stock. So at this point, he's certainly going to be probably a top top two, at worst, top three pick, I would say. You know, he fared really well. Daxton Hill safety, um, he ran, a, I think, the, the top, 40-yard 40, 40 dash time for safeties. Uh, he ran it in 4.38 seconds when we talked to him on uh, – 
on Saturday uh, before we left. You know, he he joked. He's gonna earn. He didn't joke. We asked him about his forty time, and he said, "Yeah, I, I ran it in 4.2 seconds, I guess, during training." So he was hoping to get closer to four point three, and, and he got four point three eight. So not too bad. He probably thought he could do better, but I think that was just fine. David Ajabo did very well running the forty. I think he was about four five, uh, four six. So he's he tested very well again. So these guys certainly, I don't think anyone really hurt their stock. I guess that there's one maybe disappointment on, on the guys that did kind of run and stuff. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was defensive lineman, Chris Hinton. His numbers weren't great, but you know, I don't think his stock was very high to begin with either. So he's got some work to do. Other than that, Michigan's guys fared well. I mean, they do have pro day coming up next week in Ann Arbor. That's where they'll kind of do this all over again in, in you know, inside Ale Glick Fieldhouse, kind of Michigan's practice facility. That's kind of for next Friday. Uh, March 18th. So NFL scouts and personnel will come to Ann Arbor for that. And typically for those things, the guys test a little bit better. Their numbers are a little bit lower because they're in familiar territory. They got, maybe you can make the argument they've got, you know, more friendlier people running the clock. Michigan, because, you know, uh, Ben Herbert, Michigan strength and conditioning coordinator will kind of organize and run that stuff. Uh, and, and that's why the NFL likes holding their own combine because everything's kind of, you know, everything's and centrally uh, organized and time. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. I don't know if everyone will do everything next week, but there were guys that did not do the bench as we talked about last week uh, in Indy and they'll do it next week in Ann Arbor. So by a large, good week for Michigan as, as expected. Look for Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he goes any later than three in the, in the draft in April. So I, I take it you weren't able to sneak out into the field and, and do some testing yourself in some of the drills? <laughs> no, I did not. No, maybe next time. Disappointing. That's all I wanted from you, McMahon. That's all I wanted. I felt that way at the NBA draft combine with some of the drills they do. They look they look kind of fun. Some of those cone stuff, not so much, you know. But some of the shooting drills, yes. I feel like we should probably probably mention the the wrestling team a little bit too. Uh, uh, a Big Ten title for them. I mean, snapping a long Big Ten tournament drought or Big Ten championship drought, winning their first since 1973. And and did so by knocking off Penn State, the number one team in the country, too, and edging Iowa, the number two team in the country. So I think five of the top seven teams nationally are, are in the Big Ten. So a, a really strong showing for the for the Wolverines and found out about it last night. And my, my girlfriend's a huge uh, mor- morning show or whatever with Kelly Ripa on there and her her sons on the team. And she saw that that Kelly Ripa was posting on Instagram about it. So um, she's like, oh, my God, look at this so yeah however pretty you impre- get your scoops yeah <laughs> it was like instantly too then i looked at twitter like a, a few seconds later and then i saw the, oh, some tweets on there too so yeah huge uh huge deal for the for the mission wrestling team and they'll look to capture some more individual titles at the ncaa championships here later this month we've talked about this like michigan wants to be great at everything and these last couple of years like they've they really seemed to have taken some steps we'll have to crunch some of these numbers on the big 10 championships and, and things like that because it's just more and more programs adding their, you know, adding to to the list. Miles Amin, I think is how you pronounce it. 101 on that uh, Big Ten championship, 184 pounds from Michigan. I remember covering him in high school, uh, product of Detroit Catholic Central High School. So yeah, that was a long time ago. He's in like his seventh year at Michigan now with Olympic redshirt, all these different redshirts. Graduate student. Yeah. Yeah. I feel old now. There you go. Well, yep. Add another Big Ten champion to the list for Michigan. All right. Well, that concludes this episode of the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. Thanks for listening.